Welcome to the Movie Theater Time Machine Podcast, where every Saturday we pluck a guest right out of time into our studio. I'm Max, your announcer, and today's movie is Harvey, the 1950 James Stewart classic. Thank you very much, Max. I'm Nick. I'm Kaz. And we have a, well, a, another special guest. Um, I think that everybody listening probably knows a Bob or two, so here's ours. Hey, everybody. I'm Bob. <laughs> so what is it about Bob? Well, you know, that's a really fascinating movie, and I would recommend uh, plucking it from the time machine uh, sometime uh, down the road. In uh, time, Bill, we would. Bill Murray, fantastic actor. Recommend uh, checking that one out. <laughs> okay, it looks like we have a, an email to read. Um, yes, we do. Away. Actually, um, this came from one of our fans. And uh, for those of you who listen to the Blockbuster Dropouts podcast, it came from a friend, Dave. Um, and he's asking, will Max miss his family? So, Max, will you miss your family? No. Care to elaborate? Well, I had a mother who passed away. My dad took off somewhere. My aunt raised me. And I didn't like her very much. We had no one else, no job, nothing else here. So, I'm hanging out with you. Yay. Um, Can't make it any simpler than that. You could have said no. (laughs) (laughs) But. Yeah, very much, but okay. And it looks like we have a tweet, and what was the poll you asked? Question? Our poll, we'll get to that later. (coughs) Okay, our Twitter poll was um, something that was a little bit different that we've done, and we really like like some of the responses, but it was, what was your favorite Jimmy Stewart quote? And it looks like we did get a response from Commander Twat Pants, who s- sent us a photo of a tattoo that says, In this world, Elwood, you must be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. Well, for years I was smart. I recommend pleasant. You may quote me. So there we are, quoting Elwood on somebody's arm from Commander Twat Pants, and we have quoteception complete. And uh, I guess it's time to fire up the Cosmic <laughs> Claw Machine. And pluck yeah, our let's do that. other special guest. Okay, so All right. here we go. Uh, let's take a look. Let's open up the window there. Okay, I see somebody. He's coming out of the movie. He oh, has just seen Harvey. Okay, he's got a really long jacket on. I like his suit. I like that guy's suit, yeah. Is he looking at us? I think so. I think he's waving. Oh my god. Alright, put the G- Okay, in. yep, I grabbed him. A little late for that, but uh, yeah, let's reel him in. Come on. Oh, boy. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, you had a nice ride. Was it bumpy? A little bit, but uh, okay. Well, hello, so, friends. Uh, hello. Hi, random guy. Oh, yes. Hi. The name's public. John Q. What an unusual mm. name. Yes. Um, Is it real? Yes. Well, let me give you a card. See, Thank go you. ahead and do that. If you want to call me, call me on that number. That's the old, that's the new one. Don't call me on the other one. Why? What will happen? Will it be a curse? Well, you'll get someone else, and it probably won't be as fun. <laughs> so, uh, 
Oh, probably not. I can understand that. So let's see here. So you have been selected randomly. Um, we no are, money though. No, no money. No prize. Sorry. Well, that's all right. You're I have fun anywhere I go. That's good to hear. And no, that's really good to hear. So um, you've been selected, and we are part of a movie review club. And you just saw Harvey in the year 1950. We'll explain the rest of it later. And you are now in the year 2017, which is right now. So, could you, uh, when you're done with Future Shock, would you give us a brief rundown of what what this movie is? Me? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. John, why don't you go ahead and do that? Well, Harvey was one of those, it's just a pleasant film. And it has to do with a young man who he is Elwood P. Dowd. And Elwood is just has his good friend Harvey with him, and they explore the town. And it, Harvey is a giant invisible rabbit. And honestly, i got to tell you, this is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. So why don't we jump on into it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, John, what we do here is we run through the movie, and you know, feel free to jump in anytime you want. Here is that okay? Okay. Well, that sounds like fun. There. Let's do it. Here. So, we start off this movie here, and this is based on a Pulitzer Prize uh, play by a woman, Mary Chase. And I found this really interesting that actually one of the actresses who is here, who Josephine Hall, who we'll get into her character in a little bit, was actually, did you guys know this, was um, actually uh, a part of the original play? Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was uh, um, at some points where it's really convincing, and it it really helped, I think. It helped the movie out greatly. Also, she sounded just like Aunt B from Andy Griffith's show. (laughs) That is definitely true. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, Elwood P. Dowd, that's our guy. Yeah. He's uh, leaving his house uh, to go to a bar. And yeah. he gets a letter and talks rips about. Rips it up. Yeah, he <laughs> talks about how nice the day is, and he's not even looking at the letter. He just rips it up and, and throws it, you know, like a <laughs> dirty, rotten litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> and it's there he's uh, introducing to the mailman, and then we see Elwood here. So he gives them a card, and. I'm going to note every time, guys, when he gives a card to somebody, because I think this is vitally important to my view of the movie. Mm. Um, so here, so he heads off, and, you know, the mailman and uh, would head out um, and just go through their day, which is pretty which is interesting. And then the next part is the interior where the sister, his sister, Vita, and his niece are Myrtle May. Myrtle May. Mm. Nice name there. No, yeah. they're setting up for a party. They throw off their disguise. They were wearing robes <laughs> over the dresses. They just, whoop, yeah. disguise gone. And you hear that, oh, boy, no, thank God he's gone. Yeah, they <laughs> are just really happy that, that he's gone. <laughs> that was actually one of the best impressions I've ever heard. Really? Yes. Okay, thank you. So I, I kind of wonder at this point, you know, we passionately passed through the movie a few times. Are these people wealthy? Um, Whenever I looked it up, it says so. Yeah. It, it's kind of a small house, but it's a nice house. They, yeah. give, they definitely give the impression. I yeah. think we can go with that, the yeah. impression. 
these people have they have some sort of independent wealth, whether it's inherited or something. No, or it, it must it's inherited because yeah. uh, um, Vita complains. No, Myrtle May, I think Myrtle May complains, and uh, we get some backstory that apparently uh, Vita and Elwood, Elwood, um, their mom when she died, left all the property to him. Right. And she also tells Myrtle May that he's not living with us. We're living with him. Right. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so they must've moved in at some point. Yeah. So they're here, but the, um, and also we get the closeness of it, but the, uh, the maid quits. <laughs> Actually, I mean, she was a <laughs> caterer. Yeah. Oh, right. They're here. So that's she, what, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a word. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So she quits, and uh, later, you know, it's as we started to piece it together, Elwood introduced uh, her to Harvey, and it spooked her. And then she moves on the way. Vita is trying to set up her daughter Myrtle with a very nice, a very nice group of people. <laughs> Basically, Myrtle wants she wants to get Myrtle man. Yeah. So they want to make sure that embarrassing, crazy Uncle Elwood isn't around to scare everybody off, because that's something they're going to complain about, that people are people are afraid of him, so they, they're embarrassed. Well, let me ask my new friends here. Is there, what do you say, how old do you think Myrtle was at this point? Oh, yeah, you know, 20-something? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. 20s-ish about there, I think. Yeah. Why, well, were 1950 <laughs> years different? <laughs> I, well, no, not the same, but I'm just curious. Okay. It never really was sad, so we just figure out where we are. And, you know, at that point, um, you know, so Vita is trying to set up Judge Gaffney, uh, with Judge Gaffney, which is one of the side players, uh, to help out Elwood, to help him stay away from the party. Um, and... Basically, insurance. Yeah, and to give to give a little bit of backstory, these these two are very big socialites, and they're entertaining people, and you get the idea they're entertaining people quite frequently, and these are very important people in the town. Yeah, w- Mrs. Um, well, Aunt Ethel apparently they call right. her Aunt Ethel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, she has a grandson about uh, about Myrtle May's age, so they want to impress her. That right. kind of thing. Right. Yeah, they definitely do. So the um, everything is sort of going okay, going swimmingly. And the judge sends one of his lackeys out. And, oh, man, this guy got an unfortunate end of the stick on that day. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's, su- to g- he's supposed to go out and stop Elwood, but he he's also afraid of it, like as if Elwood's a terrible, crazy mm. man and ends up running through the halls and, he, and the guy slips on the floor and hits his head and he's taken into a doctor office, so he can't stop Elwood from coming to the party. Yeah, but it wasn't just a slip either. I mean, it was like a pinball table slip. <laughs> it was just there. Boop, boop, boop. Right to the <laughs> right to the his door head the knocked surgeon. on the door of the doctor. Yeah, I mean that was pretty hilarious for that point. So then uh, we switch to Elwood. He's yeah. um, he goes to Charlie's place. Right, that's and what he, this bar is called. Yeah, and there's all the, the time. Yeah, there's a really cool scene at the beginning. You know, he's crossing the street with Harvey, and at this point, you know, he's carrying yeah. a hat and a coat. It's not explained why yet. He's yeah. obviously. 
helping and talking to somebody invisible. Right. What I want to know is, does he have a justification, like a a nice good excuse why Harvey isn't wearing his own coat and hat? That is true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Once he gets to the bar, he hangs him up and... Well, I mean, uh, for that point, I'm like, okay, people walking who don't know Elwood, and you get the idea through this that a lot of people know who he is, so it's like, okay, there's here, and they do that, because when they sit down at the bar, one of the one of the points was, you know, okay, you know, hi, you know, hi, Mr. Dowd, oh, you know, hello, and you're hello, and he says hello to the bartender, and so, okay, how are you? Oh, I'm just fine, and, you know, he said there, and how is he? Oh, he's fine. I thought that the contrast really stood out yeah. between people in the bar accept, accepting him and people uh, in the town not really Vita accepting him too much. Yeah, the, in her social circle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, which plays a part later, though. Hmm. Well, there is one um, new guy at the bar who's just kind of looking like, oh, "What's going on?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <Yeah>. Mr. <laughs> Cracker, the bartender, uh, tells Elwood that. This guy, Mr. Meagles, has come back. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. this little old ex-con guy. Yeah. And it's not really played that he's an ex-con immediately, though. That's right. what I liked about it. So there he, he um, <laughs> sat down. Oh, yeah. You know, I, uh, <laughs> uh, John, what did you uh, think of this here? Well, he sat down and he had a really good day. And, you know, he's saying, okay, I got back from a job. And. And what did you think about that? Oh, that was funny. And you don't really talk about that at all. And he just had a job making license plates. Right. Well, they didn't talk about, you know, we went somewhere or did some things. So we did what we did. I, I get where you're going. So your culture and your time, it, um, you know, they didn't really talk about the bad stuff or, you know, the people's misfortune, right? Well, well, yes. Except in movie form? That's a good way I, to put it. I think it. a lot of people saw a movie about yeah. that. <laughs> there are a few, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. So he invites um, Mr. Meagles to dinner. Yeah, um, and that, but Meagles uh, doesn't think Vita would like him, uh, that he, she held it against him that right. he had done a little time. Yeah. Case I did time. So I get the impression that Vita is kind of judgmental and unaccepting. Right. Not that I necessarily blame her, but um, her brother is just like, he's cool with everybody. Right. To, to the point of obliviousness. Yeah, and there's a point to that, really, because Vita is really, really concerned about her place. Yeah. About how people feel about her. And then the opposite of that, Elwood is just kind of like, well, okay, let's just kind of see how things roll, and everybody else will come to me. Let's be friends with everybody. Yeah, so Elwood finds out about the party from a news clipping in the paper. Yeah, that's what Meagle comes in again for the plot. He shows him the the social, he reads the the ex-con guy, reading the social column, and he tells, uh, and, and Elwood doesn't, think that anything malicious is going on he's all like oh she must have forgot to tell me oh yeah <laughs> the uh, so there so it just kind of goes with the flow sits back at the bar orders the two martinis yeah yeah they're here which is One a for signature Harvey. drink you know yeah. two martinis mr cracker and then or- that's right yeah so he orders that and the guy at the end of the bar 
says, no, no, the guy at the end will pay for the drink. And then skedaddles out of here. Yeah, that was the, the newbie guy who was like, huh? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I think Elwood's reaction was funny. Was just, oh, yeah, sure. He'll, he, of course he'll do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what ever happened. Yeah. Transaction. Yeah, did he pay the bill? Uh, yeah, Bob, that's we're looking great, at you. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. The one thing, though, I, I take away from uh, that scene in particular, yeah. I think the uh, personalized theme with uh, Elwood throughout the entire film is that always uh, a pleasant attitude. And I think that's yes. something yeah. we may uh, cover uh, deeper into the cast. But right. um, that's one thing each scene you can always take away from Elwood is that he's the calm, collected guy, but... It's his attitude that really uh, carries him through uh, each scene. It's really, it's masterful. Well, dear friend, I actually think the next scene says something there. Oh? About the book that he grabs, but we'll get to that point. They're here, so. Clearly, Elwood is the sane one. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Definitely. Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) So, in the next one. We. uh, Yeah. Um, okay, we get to th- we switch back to Vita's party, and we have this operatic singer singing operatically and about a rabbit. Oh yeah. no, no! I I look listen to the words, and it was something about it was like she gets to this chorus or something. It's like hop 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 hippity hop on a golden <laughs> steed. Hop 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 hippity hippity hop. Love is all you need. So, um, yeah, I I. Golden steed and, and love and stuff, but you know the hippity hop part, obviously, which freaks Vita. She's all like, yeah. kind of, <laughs> I don't know if she was twitching, but she's obviously her reaction says it all. Honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really no, <laughs> not rabbits. Oh my god. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> then Aunt Ethel shows up. Um, the lost relative. Yes, yeah. she really hasn't mi- seen anybody in a while, especially Elwood. She yeah. was wondering. I don't know, like, he hasn't shown up here, he hasn't shown up there, which kind of fills in a little backstory. And this I didn't catch. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, she mentions Elwood went to Yale. Oh, wow. Um, she didn't explicitly say so, but... It was really fast, yeah. It was, um, he, I, he hasn't shown up at the Yale alumni dances, yeah, I think? Yeah, the reunion meetings. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he hasn't showed up at any of those in a while, so it's like, obviously he's a very educated man at that point. Yeah, which um, works with later comments people make about him wasting his potential. And yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was the what the judge yeah. says later. Yeah. He could have been somebody, yeah. that kind of thing. Men wanted to be him, and women wanted to be with him, or something like, like that. Yeah. Or or like, yeah, oh, women, I like, like him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, men liked him, women liked him, I liked him. And also Why did he differentiate either? <laughs> I think that was the joke. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I liked the judge, um, too. So apparently Elwood used to be kind of out and around, but now Not he's... Not so much now. He's reclusive yeah. now. Yeah. Like, or something. She yeah. hasn't seen him, and she wants to. And then, well, lucky for her, sh- he shows up. Yeah. Well, it, it's um, the light itself. Well, Anna, Ethel, it is a pleasure seeing a beautiful woman waiting for me when I come home. Which is nice. You know, here, so he's pleasant. It's the same with hey, your point, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Junk Hugh Public, did people really talk like that back then? Or was this oh, just a... Oh, of course. You had to go ahead and at least 
give something to people when you see them to make them feel wonderful. You seem to have a suspiciously positive attitude. Well, well, think about this one. We're at this time, we just finished World War II. We are gone about, probably going to go into Korea. It's uh, a very, 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 very tumultuous time. Ooh. So we have oh, to you find psychic. something. Psychic. To be able to go ahead and just find a way to make things good. What's that right is attitude? really profound, yeah. actually. I, I like yeah. that. You're an yeah. alien from space. Not yet. I don't understand you. <laughs> More people need to have your attitude. That's that's very profound. Well, oh, thank you, sir. We should invent a machine to suck it out and make juice of it. We are I going to juice you <laughs> when we invent the technology. Well, maybe. <laughs> so at that point... Um, Aunt Ethel is very happy to see Elwood. Vita ver- is yeah. not. Vita's not. Myrtle is not at all. They're really, really freaked out. Vita tries to get rid of him. Oh, you got mail upstairs. Yeah. You put mail in your room. Well, that was nice of you. Yeah. I wonder if he tears up all his mail. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he keep, he's trying to, uh, he wants to introduce Harvey to Aunt Ethel, and, well, he eventually does. Yeah. And uh, another display of his kind of ob- obliviousness, I don't know, I don't, I, sometimes I wonder if it's sort of he, he knows that he's doing this, or I don't know. Yeah. But, but he's like, oh, I forgot what, it, what he said. It was something about, like, the... What point? He's not. Um, uh, Aunt Ethel is obviously freaked out. He thinks it's because Harvey is staring at her funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's just his way. Yeah. I don't want you to get freaked out with that. That's just his way. That's the way he stares at people. Uh, paraphrased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the deer, so the... Um, so he goes in and uh, opens the doors and starts oh. introducing people to Harvey. <laughs> Some of the guests make up excuses. And yeah. Oh, I got a stupid headache. Oh, me and this. Oh, I left the. Uh, somebody said I left the oven on. <laughs> I think I heard that frequently. Somebody might, maybe not, but yeah, here. I kind of feel like these lies and plays in with the theme of perception. Yeah. Yeah. True. True, yeah, and here, so Vita phones the judge. Oh, Aunt Ethel leaves. Yeah. Um, and, oh, right. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vita phones the judge because she wants the judge to... Let's get him committed. Yeah. At this point. Somehow stop him, and... uh, But we have, um... So we have all that, so they start doing it, so she brings... She tells Elwood to go in the... Brings him in the library. when the f- whenever she's using the phone, those are the scenes with the library, and um, she just she tells him to just stay there, and he's the kind of he's character fine. he just does what people tell him. Mostly. Always pleasant. Yeah, Always. yeah. it's kind of yeah, eerie. He's very passive in a way. Yeah. For well, a bit, maybe on a second viewing or something. Yeah, well, not a bad way. Yeah. Here, so they go ahead elwood talks to harvey a bit you know where the you know the judge is talking about you know the committing judge elwood um the judge has to explain to vita what happened yeah. and uh, john i think you mentioned this but this is actually a good point but the uh, the book that he grabs is something that you mentioned bob is he's always the one that's sane he grabs jane austen's sense and sensibility mm-hmm. 
And I think that had something to do with it. So it's like if he's the one that grabs sense and sensibility in the mix where everybody else thinks he's sane, insane, and he grabs that, just kind of, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and take care of this. I think it was really, it was good. And that's the beauty of the film is that throughout it, uh, Elwood will pick up different um, uh, uh, signage or uh, pieces, like uh, be it a book that says sense and sensibility or something that reflects... Um, his perspective on life, uh, right. uh, the pleasant attitude, the sense, the the, the, the flowers attitude, he picks yeah. flowers, yeah. yeah, so puts them in his buttonhole. That's correct. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of t- yeah, a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. here. So in the next point, we're over at the sanitarium, and Vita convinces Elwood to come along as we're going to go for a ride. He just doesn't resist. Uh, in oh, that sounds her that sounds nice. Life. Sure, here and uh, just accepting. Yeah, and then Elwood gives a card to the cab driver because they head over to Chumley's Rest, uh, which is a sanitarium, and you know this this building. But it says you know, rest. Yeah. Yeah, Chumley's, know, Chumley's rest. rest Home. Yeah. No, no rest. not even home. Yeah. It's just Chumley's yeah. Rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it could be a restroom, but it's yeah. just a huge mansion. <laughs> we, we don't know, but it's, it's, nice it's clearly the nicest bathroom I've ever seen. If it is a restroom, yes. Yep. Hey, I was just gonna make that joke. It's a, ga- it's a joke, gated, thief. It's a gated bathroom community. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's the finest stalls. Sorry. Uh, it's awesome that here, so they work to try to commit, uh, and then we're well, introduced to Nurse Kelly. Yeah, uh, Vita enters, and Nurse Kelly's the receptionist, and Vita goes to talk to her, and we do get a little bit of um, backstory. We we can also see that Vita is a very uptight, edgy character, uh, yeah, edgy character, and uh, she's all like, it's not easy, and... Yeah. Um, Oh, if you want to know their astrological signs, uh, Elwood's a Taurus and Vita's a Leo. Right. She says that for some reason. Yeah. He's 42, and they live in an old house that they were born in and raised in. So um, she's also referred to as Mrs. Simmons. Mr. Simmons is never mentioned, so don't right. hold your breath waiting for him. Yeah, we'll assume he's dead. Yeah. Or, or divorced or at this point. I don't know. But he's out of the picture. Yeah, so... Yeah. We yeah. do find, basically, a, we don't know when, but at some point, um, Vita and her daughter Myrtle May had to move in with Elwood. Right. And Which is, pres- yeah. I thought it was after the mother died. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit open. But, but uh, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Um, and also, uh, Elwood never married. He stayed at home with his mother, and she called him a great homeboy. I could not think of a rap joke, but um, put it together yourself. That's what I call an Ikea joke. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, so, we have yeah. that here. So, this is where we introduce it. And uh, Well, can I, can I jump in here? Oh? Sure. It's Lee. Well, this is where we mention here. I want to mention that it's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Wow, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm 33 years old today. Not anymore in this year. Well... What year are we in? 2017. That'll be my 100th birthday. Yay! Wow. Oh, this is this is just pleasant. This is nice. So we have yeah, happy birthday, man. 
really nice. That's we're gonna we're gonna celebrate. But I don't know if they make a cake that big. Well, yeah, we'll need two cakes really, wouldn't we? That's a lot of cake. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't object to. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid making a a meme joke about forty cakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. We get into Dr. Sanderson's office and we're. He and Nurse Kelly have some kind of tension going There's on. There's something going on, yeah. They're snippy at each other. Yeah. So she. They're uh, snippy, but they got the feels. Yeah. You can, you can There's sense something it. that happened. Yeah. yeah. Sense it. Something that happened here with that. So, Vito starts describing the issues. Oh, to Dr. Sanderson in yeah. his office. Yeah. Because he there yeah. is a Dr. Chumley, but apparently, uh, Dr. Dr. Chumley doesn't see anybody. Yeah, but yeah. Dr. Sanderson sees everybody. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, she talks to Dr. Sanderson and tells him about Elwood. He was a normal baby, and she changed his diapers, and he was he didn't get different until after Mother died. Yeah, at least that they know of. Yes. But it says that he said something later that I think was sort of signifying a change, like he might have had it for a very long time, but she just didn't notice uh-huh. here. But going through it, she starts describing the issues... And um, we forgot to mention something that oh, um, you're probably thinking the same thing Dr. I am. Sanderson, I- is it Dr. Sanderson's idea to start asking about drinking? Yes. Because I noticed in this movie there's a lot of assumptions. The characters make assumptions like all over the place. That's true, yeah. So Dr. Sanderson's like, oh, does he want th- wants to know about his drinking habits? Yeah, so we have the... Um, yeah, we do that, but that's in a little bit. But I think uh, this is where Dr. Sanderson, after she describes everything, and she can she saying, you know, he sees a giant rabbit, but then she says, sometimes uh, I see the rabbit. I, I think we jumped ahead slightly. Oh, we did? Um, oh, right. I just kind of wanted to make a point uh, that... She does. She does say that he drinks, and Doctor Sanderson asks if it's a lot, and then she says that he must. Well, I'm not entirely sure the exact wording, but because he goes to taverns every day, but she doesn't actually see him drink. Right. Um, it just kind of stuck out to me, and then, okay, so he goes to taverns every day and brings back what she calls riffraff people you never heard of. <laughs> so she's judgmental, and she's assuming that he's a drunk. Yeah. But I'm not sure her assumption's unfounded, because he does kind of he does drink stuff when he's yeah. there, but whatever. Yeah, so the doctor really thinks that she's crazy. And, oh, she was, she was all like, can you keep... You're, this is supposed to be confidential, right? So she's really counting on him to keep this secret that she sometimes sees the rabbit. Yeah. And then when she blurts it out, she's just so ashamed. And she says so, and she's just sobbing. And yeah. So the doctor goes out, and we're introduced to uh, the character of Wilson. Yep. Which, at um, this point, we're calling him not Curly from the Three Stooges. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he, he looks just... He looks he just he, I am. But he looked like Curly from the Three like Stooges. Yeah. That was yeah. so weird. Mm-hmm. The year, so we're he's we, the orderly. Yeah, he's the one that's going to go out and try to get everything there. But he, uh, we forgot to mention, he um, he's getting in the process of committing uh, Elwood and getting everything uh, together. Yeah, they, or actually, I think they just have to tell Elwood to go to a room, and they yeah. seem surprised that they don't have to drag mm-hmm. him kicking and yeah. screaming because like, oh, okay assumptions. Fine. Yeah. What? Fine, no, let's do this. So we have that one. The uh, 
Um, so Wilson goes outside. Um, the doc, Dr. Sanderson thinks she's crazy. And just to kind of summarize the scene a bit, Nurse Kelly is working on committing Elwood. And then you see the riff happen at that point. So Dr. Sanderson's committing Vita. She is uh, she's committing Elwood. And then, and then they get kind of confused here. When Kelly ha- Kelly tells Sanderson and Sanderson is pissed. He's yeah. all like, We're, you just opened us up to a lawsuit. Why did yeah. you do that? Because yeah. um, so he wants to uh, get Elwood out of there and just commit Vita in his place because he thinks Vita's lying. Setting up Elwood. It's yeah. a setup. Yep. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. Well, it's all just dodge in the book. There no, was it was yeah, yeah, something about committed crazy psycho she, classic yeah. psychopathic whatever. Yeah. yeah doctor she, talk. Yeah. <laughs> Thinks he's crazy. She sets uh, she sets him up and gets him in here before she gets uh, he gets her in there. I think I got the words right. But there's where you could see like with the Kelly Sanderson back and forth. I'm like, oh, they had a relationship before. They, yeah, they, they had something going mentioned on. Mentioned something. We don't want to get into the balcony scene of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and then yeah. that's the line that got me. Yeah, yeah and, and then, then she I'm makes like, some oh, okay, they got something. Yeah, comment implying that he's been too busy or something like that. Right. Here, so Nurse Kelly goes after Dowd and gets him in the you know the washroom, explains the mistake about that, and then um, da- yeah. Elwood's main concern is he just doesn't want to disappoint the nurse who's supposed to give him a bath because he's just that pleasant and oblivious. And who doesn't want a bath by a lady? I mean, you, can't <laughs> go, you just can't go wrong. I mean. Is it full of ice cubes? I wouldn't want oh, that. Oh, if it was ice cubes, absolutely not. Like a nice well, warm bath, but go ahead. Well, it's, is that a nice lady? Hey, hmm. John, w- hmm. what was with all the hydro tub stuff going on? Was that some kind of popular psychological well, it, thing? It makes you clean and gets everything out. How does cleaning your body clean your brain? Wouldn't it clean you? I'm my uh, my mind is dirty. I don't see how that's gonna scrub anything. Yeah, out. mine too, man. I think we're way past that. So I think they. Well, that's fun. Maybe they had a weird water. Yeah. Fixation. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> yeah, it's probably there. Psychological so. Bible. The part that I loved about this is, you know, they go back and forth a bit, you know, so he doesn't want to disappoint. It's like, well, what about, how about I'll, I'll stay here, take a bath, and then I'll go with you. No, no, <laughs> that's fine. They're here, but uh, they're here, so. I don't know. I, I wanted to see more of that other nurse. <laughs> There's like, well, you could have had a bath, too. It's like, and I almost pictured the secretary lady from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that kind of. Yeah, like. I, ha- I take a bath every morning before I go on duty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Kelly gets him down and, and yeah. uh, sits him down with Dr. Sanderson. And they're so scared that he's yeah. going to be mad because, I don't know, assumptions, I guess. Yeah, and but they explain, totally, we, you have a sort of disadvantage. Oh, well, how do, you, how do you figure? Or whatever the line was. And, you know, well, we're all human. And then he winks over at Harvey. <laughs> There's like, oh, well, yeah, sometimes that's true. And he says, here's what well, I think. Does your sister drink? And he's like, well, I don't think Vita's ever had a drink. And to your point, babe, I think that you're right. Yeah, he yeah, made a substance to her. Yeah. She never touched a drop. Yeah, that they've never seen each other do it at all. I'm not sure Elwood's making assumptions. I don't I don't know. That would be yeah. interesting if, yeah. he, if he's also kind of, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, doing so the same thing. They start 
um, you know, getting the... Oh, did I miss something? Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, as far as talking about the mistake, there's something you're going to notice that kind of builds up a little is that... He, well, Sanderson and Nurse Kelly, they just really take to him. They just think he's so pleasant. It's almost like they're kind of hypnotized by him. Yeah. And he will... He, Throughout the movie, he compliments Nurse Kelly a lot. He, he's not really flirting exactly, but like he's definitely fond of her. I definitely would take that away. And he, I think a fondness towards her. Well, I think he was just being a gentleman. Maybe. What, what does yeah. that mean? I don't understand it. Well, he's just being pleasant to a very pleasant lady. Oh, okay. That's all. Does he give flowers to everyone he meets? No, no business cards. Right. Calling cards. Yeah. Do you think there's a significance? He's always telling people, like, oh, not the new number, the old number. Yeah, what was the old number, really? I don't <laughs> Who called the old number? What happened? Yeah. I mean, does he give a card to those two? Or No, no they already yeah. have his phone number, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Yeah. Uh, here, so but I think that him repeatedly complimenting Kelly is going to get Sanderson's attention, get her to get him to see her in a, like a romantic light again, rather than just, ah, take, he takes her for granted. Right. And yeah, that is a few scenes later where he right. kind of starts to see it. So something else, a few other, Oh, Hey Bob, what's up? Hey, no, you know, the one thing I mean, I did take away from Dowd is that, um, whenever he felt inclined to uh, compliment or be, uh, a gentleman, as Mr. Public uh, stated, <laughs> uh, it was always in front of Dr. Uh, Sanderson. So I wonder as m if there was a motive behind that. You think he was knew what he was doing? I don't know. Mm. Sneaky. That, that's a good point. That's a really good point there. I did take away a couple of other things from yep. this scene. Is uh, Well, for one, Dr. Sanderson has no problem breaking his promise about uh, what Vita told him privately and was so ashamed of. He's just like, oh, yeah, he, she sees the white rabbit. Um, and I didn't notice that at all. Really? I, I didn't notice it either. Just like you thought we wouldn't notice that yeah. your middle initial is Q. What does that Q stand for? Quality. Uh, <laughs> is that a family name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they want him to sign the commitment papers right away, but he says to give them to Vita because apparently she handles signing everything and managing everything. And, um, and then you hear one line on this one. Well, I always wanted Vita to have everything she needs. Yeah, that, mm. that'll come back. And everything she wants. And that it shows a little bit of the relationship and I think a little bit more of uh, somewhat of a passive nature, yeah, but it really works. He's off in his dream world, I, I guess, yeah. but sh while she handles the stuff like the paperwork. Yeah. Um, they do... S then, I guess since she's obviously can't do it right now, um, they'll just send it through send the... Send it to the judge. Yeah, because the judge... He's the a recurring character. Yeah. Judge Gaffney. So... The one she calls when yeah. she needs help. He has a great voice, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. True. How yeah. would you describe it? As, uh... Let's see. How would I describe it? Besides um, great? Like the sound of waking up uh, to uh, construction outside your house at 6 a.m. You consider that great. <laughs> like good grade or massive great. The kind of <laughs> or great grating. that you. Well, the kind of great you wake up to and you say, great. <laughs> Just great. Yeah. Oh, man. I think, I think you're catching on to this uh, attitude thing. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't I don't know. It's good so positive unless you're being sarcastic and not moving your voice properly. So as they move along, you know, they're like, oh, moving yeah, along? I like you, Dowd. You know, you're, oh, I like you, too. And I like, you know, I like Nurse Kelly, too. You're really here. So he invites them to Charlie's later on and doesn't really take no for an answer. Yeah. To anyone. Yeah. When he offers any of that. like I kind of uh, feel like it's if he was the kind of person that you would who said, oh, how are you doing that rather than the usual Fine, fine to you know just that's the expected answer i think he would want a genuine um well, answer I'm, yeah well, he, w- he would be really i'm fine and how are you right mm. and tell me how's your day what do you do i got that same impression too i, I would agree I would, I would agree too do you agree with just answering fine when people you know just a real response john, john? Yeah. No, I uh, I can't see why it would be of use. What if somebody feel if you feel crappy, would you be like, "Oh, I feel terrible. How are you?" Well, then there's a chance to make them better and to keep things moving along. So he invites them to Charlie's, and this was one of the great lines, you know. Here, like he's been trying to introduce them to Harvey oh, the, whole the whole time, time. <laughs> and they just keep sidestepping it just slightly. Here, it's so perfectly here. set up. You oh have to yeah, say. perfect. It's wonderful Absolutely here. Absolutely perfect. So no, the, too perfect. Yeah. So we set this up here, and here's like, well, the four of us will have a wonderful time, and it's not really clear. So I'll introduce you to a wonderful friend later. <laughs> I loved it. I, you know, I loved it. I laughed so I, hard. I did notice that Dr. Sanderson and Kelly seem to be getting along a little bit better little after bit, yeah. interacting with yes, them. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Here, so the um, they're outside now. Well, he's outside. Elwood is. Yeah. Oh, he's walking. I think he's picking flowers or walking on them because yeah. Mrs. Chumley. Uh, we I don't know if we've seen Doctor Chumley yet, but oh, it is just once. Yeah, uh, Sanderson runs in there. He's like, "Hey, we made a terrible mistake here." He's like, "No, we don't make mistakes at this place." Ooh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, that's his only line so far. So, um, yeah, Mrs. Chumley stops by in the car, and she's also really, really pleasant, even though um, uh, Elwood is apparently stepping on the flowers. (laughs) Yeah, she really just cares, like, why are you stepping on my husband's flowers? And I mean, she's... But she's all like, why are you stepping on the... She's cheerful. Can you tell me why this is happening? (laughs) She just wants to be like, oh, can I help you? That kind of thing. Um. And and he's looking for Harvey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he invites her to eat at Charlie's too. Yeah, it just they just met. Yeah. Um, come on for a drink, and he explains Harvey's a puka. If you see him, please let him know. He knows. He knows this town like a book. Here. He doesn't explain what a puka is. He just yeah. wants to know how will I recognize your friend? And he's like, Oh, he's a puka. Yeah. And nobody asks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you couldn't miss him, really, once you see him here. Um, so he um, he meets Herman. Ah, the gatekeeper. Yeah, and he is the only one who actually knows this man's real f- last name. Everybody refers to him as Herman, but he said here, Mr. Um, Something long in German. Yeah, here, and then he says it in here, and that was really, really great. So. I wonder if that says something about us for not bothering to write it down. Yeah, here, yeah, I... I couldn't get it myself here. <laughs> so at that point, you know, he explains, uh, you know, Elwood is fascinated with this gate mechanic. Yeah, it's here. 
an electric gate. And then he gives the he gives the card. I wasn't quite sure of the purpose of demonstrating the gate, but the gate p- pops up later. But whatever. Yeah. Well, I think that was just the exact reason. Ah, yeah. There. So the they're back in there. Oh, well, yeah. He gives Herman the card. He invites him to dinner. Sure. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go to dinner. We'll do that. And back into into Chumley's rest on the inside. There's something I noticed, uh, at least compared to modern times, trying to take notes about what's going on. There is just a lot of fast talking and lots of characters moving in and out of scenes. It can be a bit chaotic. Yeah, and if you are still listening with it, there is a lot to go over with this movie. So we are going to be a little longer than an hour today, but that's all right. So we're good. Um, So you're here, but we definitely want to give you the full story. what's up? You know, I just wanted you to know, I did take the time to actually uh, find uh, Herman's name. And, uh, oh. oh, you did? I guess I you're did. better than oh, us. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to shake my fist at you. Sometimes I like to step up my game. Like oh. the first time on Show here, off. So. <laughs> but uh, um, forgive me, I may, I may mispronounce, but um, I believe it's uh, Schimmel Platzer. Schimmel Platzer. I think you're right, yeah. Because yes. he does say it later on where he says goodnight to him in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Here, so I get the impression Elwood wants genuine relationships. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Is that like a theme of honesty in this movie about illusions and impressions and I stuff? I think so. I think so. I mean, honestly, he just wants to meet the people and just hang out where everybody else is interested in interacting with people based on their status. Mm. He's just kind of like, hey, let's go, let's go chill somewhere. Yeah. Here, they do that. So, in the interior scene, the next scene in there, they're in the lobby of Chumley's Rest, and the the big issue is revealed with the confusion, and uh, Wilson comes back in. You know, it's the whole. uh, Doctor Chumley finds out uh, what Sanderson and Kelly accidentally did. Yeah. So, well, oh wait, that's um, Chumley's. Going to go with uh, Mrs. Chumley to the party, and you know they're all talking, so it's kind of chaotic. There's he has gets his hat, and someone someone puts a fedora on his head, and then oh yeah, Wilson notices it's not the right one, I think. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Chumley, what's with your hat? <laughs> and then he takes it off and discovers discovers holes, two ear holes cut in the crown, and he's wondering what this is about. Yeah. And then... Uh, Mrs. Chumley yeah. is like, oh, Elwood was looking for his friend Harvey, the puka. What's yeah. a puka? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Sanderson and Nurse Kelly and uh, Unison. Harvey? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. So we have that, and, you know, it's just all of a now sudden that you'd hear that big... Da, 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 sound. <laughs> now it's Dr. <laughs> Sanderson's turn to get... Uh, yelled at by yeah. Dr. Chumley, who's afraid of a lawsuit. Yeah. And, and is uh, Dr. Sanderson is totally fired after all this goes on. Yeah. You so know, so we're going to do that. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, you think these mental, you know, rest houses would be uh, insured in some way, but they're always worried about getting sued. So I'm not sure what the uh, insurance was back uh, in the 50s, <laughs> but. Yes, yeah, tell do us have all about it, John Q. Public. Well, you're. you're well, the case is, really, you didn't want to get sued, but you didn't want to go through that process anyway. You might have had the backing or the insurance company, but then you just, you didn't want to go through all the other stuff, right? And that's it's always never the changed. other stuff. That's what yeah. gets you. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I would agree. So they did that. So death, taxes, and insurance never change. Yeah, no. Here, I think one of the things that's really funny about this point is this is where you see Wilson. Everybody else is generally polite and formal. Wilson enters the the, the room, and he is always the one that's extremely blunt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he just comes in here. It's like, full of slang. This is one of the lines where he said here that I, I watched it again and I laughed hysterically where he says here, hey, can anybody help me with that Wilson Dave? It took me forever to take her corset off. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's a, well, you might say he's a character. <laughs> but um, He's very forward. You can yeah. say that. Very forward guy. Yeah. That's important. Yes. Good um, we'll see that soon. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very uh, soon. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Doctor Chumley had a good record. He hasn't had to go out in fifteen years to go grab somebody, but yeah. now he does, and he's kind of pissed. Yeah. He's, not, he's definitely out of shape. It shows, yeah. but yeah. Mm. he'll get yeah. there. He'll get there. Yeah. Then Mrs. Chumley, um, I don't know where she went, but she finds an encyclopedia and she wants to know what a puka is because nobody else knows. Uh, she looks it up, but it's getting late, so she just leaves the book open, and Wilson finds it. And he reads aloud um, that it's a large Celtic fairy spirit in animal form. Uh, apparently, they like something called... Is a rum pot the same as a crack pot? Cause I think that meant something like a booze hound. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't think that was the slang for that. That's where I took well, it. Well, apparently, puka like, puka's like those, and they are mischievous but benign. And then... The definition ends with, how are you, Mr. Wilson? <laughs> how are you, Mr. Wilson? I liked his reaction. Yeah. Doc, the craziest thing happened. He tries yes, sh- I know. He tries shaking the book like an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, I, it's a bit convenient, but another convenient interruption keeps him from showing from showing Dr. Chumley the evidence. Right. Um, but, yeah, Dr. Chumley needs him to go off and they're going to go f- grab Elwood. Right. Yeah, so there they're on the mission to go around the town and to hear they end up back at the house. And the judge enters, uh, see here, obviously in a very big panic because um, Vita called him to st- and wasn't really too, uh, I, don't, I don't think she was too no. forward of what was going she on. She was just in a panic. He wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, so he storms right in to try to go ahead and help out. But he does uh, take the time to uh, lament uh, Elwood wasting his potential and how he could have been somebody. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, he, he knows the, about Harvey. Yeah, that's the line here. Well, men liked him, women liked him, I liked him. <laughs> but here, but the day he, he he does he has a little self-deprecation later with something like that. He's like, I might be old, but I don't know. I I still know stuff. <laughs> but here, so Vita enters, really distraught. And starts explaining the situation yeah, and what she's happened, just how raving she raving and stuff. Yeah. She's she's still making assumptions too. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. ref- thinks Wilson is a white slaver because apparently those wear white su- suits. Right. And yes. So here is where she uh, Oh, I don't No. <laughs> okay. We're just looking at each other. Um this is where she, she goes We're all on. friends here. It's okay. Oh, no one will look at you funny for well, it's Looking okay if you give a look. That's fine. Well, Mom always said I had to look for radio, so. Ah. Mm. You I do. Thank you. <laughs> it's a very good look, though. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Actually, I kind of feel like someone might be watching us right now. Oh, it's okay. All right, then. Well. Um, y- oh, I didn't introduce you to my friend. Oh? 
What? What friend? Oh, let me introduce you to my friend Smith. Smith? Yeah, Smith here, as you see here, he's a seven-foot-tall earthworm. <laughs> really? I see a curtain, but I could see how it might be interpreted that way. Well, why don't you say hello? Oh? Hello? Hello? He says hi. Hey, is Wilson like one of those magic eye things you gotta gotta cross your eyes to see him? I, I think I can see him. He's waving. Oh my god. I Well he does. I didn't think you could get a hat on something that large. Well he's very stylish and we had to go ahead and find a, a way to be able to A worm have a dasher? Does that exist? It does. There. All right, so well, um, nice to meet you. Wait, I think we should have uh, Mr. Smith here say a little something. And yes, yeah, yes, that's true. Oh, fascinating. I think he wants to hang out with you later. I think that would be nice. What about you, Bob? Just the five of us. Absolutely. All right. The five of us will have a wonderful time. I think so, too. See, that is how you respond to this situation, people. That's true. Not, ah! So Vita's definitely distraught here, so they explain. <laughs> she explains to the judge what's going on. I felt kind of bad laughing. I mean, I thought this, I feel a little dirty because I thought, it's something about her delivery. She talks about this like as if she was sexually assaulted because Wilson just slung her over his shoulder and had to rip her clothes off and dunk her in a tub of water. But there's something just so exaggerated about her Yeah, the way it was. Delivery. <laughs> it's like she's, I don't know, crying in opera? Well, mm. yeah, well she, this is the point here where she played the original. She was the original Vita in the original play. So I think where she brought that over because she had to go ahead and be convincing because if there wasn't a Vita in this, because Vita did not see anything that was real, and if it was a one-man show where it was just Elwood talking to an invisible rabbit, nobody would buy it. Mm -hmm. So her being on the contrast and exaggerated and doing that, the audience really buys in and at, that, at that point. I think it does kind of help with her character as... Um I want to say, like, judgmenting and, uh, judgmental and assuming. I mean, we know what happened. I mean, sh I think she knows what happened, but she's just, I don't know. She She's kind of not paranoid, but uh, she's stressed out. Yeah. And she just, I don't know how to put it into words. Well, it's all right here, but the... Um, um, she did say something I thought was relevant maybe to the theme, Yep. Um, she tells Myrtle May, I always thought that what you were showed in your face. Yes. So she judges things on face value, I think, mm, or reads into things. Point. That's a good point, yeah. Um, and then she tells Myrtle May not to believe it because uh, uh, Wilson grabbed her, what was the line? Um, they grabbed her, treated her like a, like I was a woman of the street. Ah, yes, a woman of the street. One of the, the best lines of this film. Yeah, <laughs> I thought someone was going to yes. say it in a funny voice. Come on. Uh, I, would you like me to try say it? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Ooh, woman of the street. Ooh. There you go. Don't you feel better? Sounded very Monty Python-esque at that point, like uh, the spam lady. Dang it. And, like a woman in the and then she's... But it's all about the hand <laughs> gestures. That really kind of motivates the whole vocal uh, 
prospect of it all. It's a, a feast yeah. for the eyes. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Unfortunately then, for your listeners, you don't get that, but you yeah. can picture what's going on. Yeah, I'm flapping my hands when I did that. It, w- it was really, it was awful. Oh, <laughs> 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 the, and then she thinks the sanitarium should be ashamed because they asked her all about sex urges, and she thinks that's filthy. Yeah. And there's one line here where they say that's like, people, they used to go ahead, they t- why don't they just go ahead, they take a walk? It's like, well, the judge, you went ahead. You used to take long walks all the time. Oh, <laughs> hey, John Q, is that a suitable substitute for sex? Taking a walk? Well, what else are you going to do? Oh, I didn't think you'd be open to talking about it. Well, you want to go ahead, you got to take a walk. And you've got to go ahead walk and just it clear off. your mind. And walk it off is what you had to do. Better than a cold shower? Well, you're not wet. I would say so. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think you want to go. Oh, where I am. um, yeah. yes. She is very upset that Dr. Sanderson broke his confidence, and after she told him that secret about seeing Harvey, and she tells the judge, "Don't trust him," and then makes another assumption and says that he, had, uh, Dr. Sanderson, has close-set eyes. They're always liars. <laughs> so. At that point, you know, she starts heading upstairs because she wants to relax, and then Wilson enters, and then ah. you see her, oh, Judge, that's the guy. Kick him, kick him, kick him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he got a tip from, he had gone to the bar, and he got a tip that Elwood lived there, and uh, yeah, Vita Basically leaves. lives there now. Well, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, I thought you meant he lives at Charlie's. No, 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 he, he told him Elwood and Vita's address. Yeah. And... Um, Myrtle May, they got some weird going on. Yeah, she meets Wilson at this point, uh, offers him a sandwich. No, no, at Mm. first she's like backed up, real scared, like against the column. Yeah, and Wilson, he's all just like, I don't know. Hey, Um, baby, how are you? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Well, look at Dame, you shouldn't have any trouble with callers. Yeah, he, they realize that they have a common goal to catch um, Elwood because she wants callers, and that's when he's. And that means love. (laughs) <laughs> yes, calling for love. At that point. So, so Wilson compliments her figure and... Hey, you look pretty good. Like, it's this is picture like a Groucho Marx thing like that. Like, hey, Dan, you look pretty nice. Face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and says, oh, this is a great phrase, that he, Elwood is the nuttiest, the nuttiest uncle to ever stick his puss in our nut house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't see John laughing. I don't think he gets it, but we think it's funny. Hmm. Well, it was it was humorous at that point, but we had, you know, I, I laughed. Because nothing's funnier than houses and cats, you know, right? Right. Hmm. And so then they get into this. I think Myrtle May sees an opportunity like, hey, here's a man. He knows about Uncle Elwood, but, you know, he's not running away. So, he, hey, you want a sandwich? Yeah. It's it gets an egg and onion sandwich, yeah, which that sounds so gross. Yeah. I could, I'd give oh. it a chance. God. Have you learned nothing from this movie? Give things a chance, even if they're weird yeah, and smelly so. and may give you the poops. Yeah. <laughs> and they go off screen and she screams and like, did he grab her ass? I don't know. Yeah, I, that yeah, was your theory, never, I think. Yeah. No, it was, was it yeah. gra- I'm not well, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, oh, 
what kind of? Definitely yeah. had a, uh, uh, like we said, he, he's very forward, uh, yeah. almost predatorial in his uh, instinct towards uh, Myrtle May. But um, yeah. if there was grabbing, um, I think she may have liked it, honestly. Yeah. I, that's the impression <laughs> I took away. I think she would have been very <laughs> welcome to this grabbing. Hopefully uh, consensual, but... Yeah, well, it that. obviously is later, but the... Um, so at that point, you know, Elwood enters, he's bringing a package in. Yeah, we n- n- nobody knows he's there yet. Yeah, nobody knows he's there, right? So here he calls Charlie's place, just looking for Harvey, yeah. asking for, like, oh, can I have my regular booth? And then so he he's fully expects these people to show up at 10. He has uh, great faith in humanity, I yeah. think. Yeah, and it's there. he's really not taking any no either. Yeah. So at that point here, he, he means uh, it. He's gonna yeah. make you be friends, damn it, whether <laughs> you want to or not. So he um, <laughs> unwraps his package. He unwraps the package. <laughs> um, it was, bl- and it's a painting of him and Harvey. Mm-hmm. And he puts it right over the painting of his mother and just leaves to go find Harvey. Yeah, and um, he he pretty much he left he left the the room he left the house. Yeah. At this point, which I always thought he probably went upstairs for a moment, but then you see later he well, just kind of looks around, calls out Harvey, and then he leaves. I guess. Yeah. And just do that. They enter. They're still looking for him. They just. Um, uh, Wilson comes back. They just missed him, and then Doctor Chumley answer comes back. Comes in. Hey, you know what the hell are you doing? Why what are you sandwich? eating? Why <laughs> are you eating? I'm like, well, Doctor Chumley, I'm sorry, we can't do that either. But I'll let you hear. But he's just very much here. Uh, There's a lot of characters entering and exiting. Yeah, the, and the judge leaves. So Vita and Chumley start talking, and she wants to sue him for twice as much money. It's a hundred thousand dollars. She won't take fifty thousand. Nope, she won't do. She wants to basically drain the bank at this point. And uh, they start talking. Uh, they start. They talking go to the library. Committing in the library, and this is where they do that. And uh, this was yes. actually, I think, one of the. You said this that this was the turning point in the movie, right? Well, I don't know if it was a turning point, but I think it. An important it summarizes pretty much everything. Something. Oh, I feel no. It's definitely a very uh, pivotal scene in the entire film because it really sets up the uh, the character of Harvey, right? The visual presentation yeah. of oh. how he looks, but it really uh, scary. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, but it definitely pushes the film forward, gives the audience a better understanding of the Harvey character and more insight um, into the whole identity of Harvey as a whole. Say, yeah. Mr. Smith, would you say you're a photorealistic giant worm or more of like a, a cartoon? Are you just invisible? Which is it? Very, very... He is. Clarifying, as in clear. Would you like to take his picture? How? Oh, right. We have um, our telephones or cameras now. Sorry you had to hear it from me. Okay. Well, that sounds very interesting. And so where we have this, she explains the, and I think you have the... Um, the quote? The quote itself, yeah. Um, she took an art class, and Chumley is like, well, what's this painting? And she hasn't turned around yet, so she doesn't know what's going on. She's like, all like, oh, it's my mother. And uh, she... Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to look at my notes. Um, that she took an art class, and she says that sh- she seems indignant about his questions, and she says that that 
I know the difference between a mechanical thing like a photo and a fine art painting. And then quite ironically, she says, the photograph shows only the reality. The painting shows not only the reality, but the dream behind it. It's our dreams, doctor, that carry us on. It's our dreams that separate us from the beasts. I wouldn't want to go on living if I thought it was all just eating and sleeping and taking my clothes off. I mean, putting them on. Obviously, that seems well to be the message. Yeah. Uh, well done. And yeah, I would absolutely agree. And so that she turns around and sees the painting. Oh, that's not my mother. And then sees that. So Elwood calls looking for Harvey. And they say, well, tell him that he's here. Well, he's not here, but he, he's here, but he's in the bathtub. I'll get him back. I'll get him when he's dry. Even though Vita is gets ashamed of Elwood and doesn't like the whole Harvey thing, uh, she is protective of him. And she looks pretty uncomfortable when uh, Judge Gaffney suggests lying to him, but she does it anyway. Right. But, yeah, she does defend him, even if she's trying to get his ass committed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, so it's like, oh, I know... So Harvey's here, so it's like, well, oh, he but, he, but he's not here. Well, I know that he's not here, but say that he is. Ah. So like, I think that was meant to be, oh, well, yes, there is no Harvey. But I think uh. that's the one point where they said, okay, well, they do hear, like they kind of started to believe, and that's the tip for me. I think Vita always might have, I don't know, she acts as if, um, as if Harvey's real, but she doesn't want to believe it. It's kind of, she's just so used to it. And there's where I think the big part comes in, because then Harvey is found over at Charlie's well, when Elwood calls. Supposedly. Here, so, oh, no, Char you know, Charlie just walked in, and then they find the... I His name's Charlie now? No, well, Harvey, sorry. Yeah. Time thing. We, who knows? Maybe yeah. everybody's imaginary yeah. in this movie. We don't know. So at that point, they say, well, you know, he's like, oh, he's in the dream. tub. So like, well, you might want to find that stranger in the tub and just figure out who that is. Uh, and here. Yeah. And so they yeah. all leave. Avita warns Dr. Chumley, you underestimate my brother. But Dr. Chumley's like, I can handle that. Yeah. But more eloquently, he says it better. And then, uh, then they scamper off and they're like, Myrtle, can you figure out who's in the tub? <gasps> <laughs> yeah, she realizes she, that she keeps acting like Harvey's real. And so there's where it is where it starts to get here. So the next scene, they're back in the rest home. Um, they're back in the rest home here. And, you know, Dr. Sanderson, Sanderson and, and Kelly, Kelly are talking. Uh, this is a, there was, I think they like to talk with some subtext. Right. He's oh, they definitely do. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, how much he'll miss people that he's gotten close to or whatever when he leaves because he's, you know, going to be terminated when he finishes this job. And then she thinks, she seems flattered and she thinks he's talking about her. But then he's all like, I'll miss the, the neuros and the schizos and whatever. And then she's all like, gets pissed. Yeah. And snaps um, that she won't miss him or something like that. And they argue. So, oh, go ahead. And that's what's fascinating about their relationship is how she's always inclined to uh, point out a, uh, or at least approach it from a more uh, romantic mm. uh, perspective right. of sorts. Always uh, looking to him um, with the hope that he'll he'll see her in this like different light as not so much a uh, co-worker or the nurse that, you know, she is titled and works in this mental hospital, but 
beyond that, more than that. And the problem with Sanderson is he's so caught up in his own uh, life, uh, his own work, that he never seems to connect with uh, Kelly on with that anyone. Ro- romantic yeah. uh, <laughs> level anyways. But yeah, with anyone, really. So that point. So everybody's a little bit oblivious in their own little worlds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much everybody is, yeah. So Wilson enters, and <laughs> where the hell is everybody? Here, so uh, interrupting, kind of a fun moment. So she won't miss anything. He's gonna miss everything. And here and Wilson displays his preconceptions, or maybe not, because uh, he's judging by experience. I think, but he he thinks uh, uh, Kelly and Sanderson are like, but but Elwood's so nice. Yeah, and he says that. Uh, that they well, I've been dealing with these guys yeah. for years. And they could just turn on you, <laughs> and he thinks that maybe Elwood murdered Dr. Chumley. Yeah, he could be lying in a pool of blood somewhere. Like in an alley, I think. Yeah, so there's where we, we get to the point there. So they go out there, oh, he's probably there. So they decide, let's go to Charlie's, let's go ahead and grab him. And they do here, but you know, they just head out the door. He goes and grabs a whip, so something to be able oh, to protect himself was? at that point. A whip? Yeah, it was like, well, it wasn't really like a whip, oh. but it was like a paddle. He grabs yeah. some, a something weapon, just I guess. To, something just to grab there, like something to something to protect himself. It's like, no, no, heck, we ain't doing this. It reminded me of the sticks that the uh, the police used to carry. Yeah, the, uh, baton. But yeah, like a, but yeah. like a very very short yeah. baton. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, if you want to call they're it. Here, but the um, so they're at Night Charlie's. The, there they're at yeah. Charlie's, and uh, Mr. Cracker, uh, the bartender, points them in the back to Mr. Uh, to Elwood Dowd and his booth. Yeah, it looks like um, he didn't notice whether Dr. Chumley was there, but Elwood must have been there a long time because... Quite a while, yeah. Um, they say that, oh, they would have been here like four hours ago. And to, yeah, to that point, here's like, where's the gun on? So he's like, oh, well, you know, is he alone here? Like, well, there are two schools of thought on that. Yeah. So everybody in the bar is kind of in on the gag. and I wouldn't call it much a gag, a ga- Well. Wilson calls it like gag later. Ah, yes. They hear so they join him in the booth and he was start, he there all day? I think so. Yeah, or for a while at least. So they hear so they join him in the booth and then uh, Elwood explains that Chumley and the rabbit were there chatting. And um, yeah, apparently there was an. I- they drank um, yeah. a, a few drinks at least. So apparently. Chumley saw some blonde lady and went up and asked if she, if they knew each other from Chicago or something. And then her escort, I guess, um, gets mad and uh, right. Uh, and I, I don't know whose idea it was to go someplace else, but they couldn't decide on where to go next. So uh, Elwood went to go get drinks, and when he came back, poof, uh, they were gone. They were gone um, yeah. Harvey and Doctor Chumley. So we do that one, and I think those were some of the points where he was um, he was really really open for it. And then um, Wilson is trying to go ahead and just bring everything to a close. Like, where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? I, um, I, th- I noticed that there are two different approaches. Doctor Sanderson is all like, "Oh yeah, let's manipulate him with psychology," while Wilson is like. Uh, let's rough it him, wants to yeah. beat the crap out of him, I guess, thinking he's a crazy person. Yeah. And um, we did kind of gloss over that. I, apparently, Dr. Chumley warmed up to Harvey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah he became see, a believer. Yeah, they see, he sees Harvey, and then they go hang out. 
And um, now they're off God knows where. Yeah. Uh, it could be a few places that he said. And um, they, they talk about it. So they said, as the, yeah, I like this line, as the evening wore on. And uh, John, can you take this line here? Because you actually have a very good likeness to Jimmy Stewart. No. Really? Okay. So, um, yeah, can you do that, Nora? Okay. The evening wore on. Let me say that again, if I can be so inclined. The okay. evening wore on. So we have the... It, has, it feels good in yeah. your mouth. <laughs> so we have that. I like also the fact here that he's, he's being very gentlemanly. Everybody's very, very, you know, very much, you know, wanting to get this done here. It's like, well, I don't like to see you stand. Yeah. I don't like to see you stand either. He gives Nurse Kelly a, a flower. Yeah. Bouquet of flowers, actually. Oh. <laughs> they hear so. Um, they're talking about dancing. Yes. And then. He hasn't danced in years. And then, yeah, they're, they want to find Dr. Chumley. And he's all, like, convinces them to dance with each other. Yeah. Well, they hear so. It's uh, here. I bet everybody liked the way you looked. He did make an important uh, point to the theme, as far as the theme, because um, the. Dr. Sanderson ha says something about everybody has to come back to reality, and um, Elwood says, uh, well, I wrestled with reality for 35 years. D hey, why don't you read it, John? Yeah. He well, I wrestled with reality for 35 years, Doctor, and in a happy state, I and I'm in a happy state that I finally won out over it. So, so what happened 35 years? Like, this is where he starts seeing Harvey, or, well, it's He would have been seven, later. though. Yeah, it's seven <laughs> years old. What happened? And that's where the... Or is... Maybe that's when the mother got sick. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he just thinks he's 35. Who knows? Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. Oh. Here, so... She's like, okay, I like uh, here. So some way... I, I missed a note in here, but they're talking... The dancing thing? Yeah, they're talking, and... Uh, well, I like the way you look or oh, something. Oh, yeah, the way that here, Nurse so. Kelly... Um, I like the warm tone in your voice, I think. That's it, yeah. Uh, Elwood says to Nurse Kelly, and I then... I think the tone in your voice is here. Well, yeah, so do I. Yeah, Dr. Sanderson... Yeah, kind of realizes something yeah. here. Like, he's breaking down those walls at this Seeing point. Seeing things through, through Elwood's eyes, I yeah. think. Yeah, mm, yeah. And that's how he ends up talking them into dancing, and when yeah. they're busy thinking about... Oh, we do... We do know that they had some kind of relationship because they said she says I think it's been a while. Yeah, since yeah. that they danced. Yeah. And then while then Elwood wanders he off. He just walks off. Yeah, looking for Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> so then they're like, "Oh crap!" and go follow. So this him. part is a big scene, but I yes. just want to uh, I want to jump through this a bit because we're just on the sake of time. Can we edit it. Um, but where we uh, where we are here, I think the in the alleyway, there's some points here where um, just the kind of place Wilson would picture a crazy person killing somebody. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a good point. So they find yeah they find him in the alleyway. Eventually, Wilson ends up bringing help. Uh, they bring the cops in. But in the meantime, yeah, the, oh, we get our backstory. Yeah, they get a little bit of the here. How did Harvey get his name? Um, I like this. This line itself really struck me that everybody who they meet, they enter as strangers and then they come out as friends. Yeah, and that's um, Kelly asks what he does, what Elwood does, and th that's basically what he does: going to bars and uh, playing the jukebox with Harvey, and people smile at him and they get talking. Yeah, 
And then they just tends to make the world a little better too. It's uh, kind of like a very Willy Wonka ish yeah. thing now that I think of it. Really. <laughs> Yeah, I thought right. you had something to say, Bob. Yeah, no, no, I just wanted to jump in. I know you guys were uh, continuing <laughs> on, but yeah. no, I mean, uh, going back to what you were saying, Nick, uh, it yeah. definitely is a uh, another uh, very important scene in the film because really uh, we get a better understanding of uh, Elwood, uh, his background, where he comes from, uh, more insight into Harvey. But it, a lot of that scene, what I took away was um, what he said and how he said it. I mean, throughout the entire film, what I take away from Elwood uh, as a whole is that he's just always pleasant. Right. Um, I'm not sure if mm. we covered it yet, but the, the idea of uh, the speech he has, actually I may be jumping ahead here, but uh, with his mother regarding uh, the, con the, the idea of being, you must be oh so uh, smart. Or pleasant. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're jumping a little ahead on that. Jumping ahead. Yeah. Commander Twat Pants. No, no, is we're cool. good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, we're we're but, we're good though. We're good. But just getting back <laughs> to the uh, alleyway, um, the the one thing I took away from that was how uh, he references the word envy. Mm. Now throughout the entire film, he's always talking about the uh, the idea of being pleasant, uh, living it, being it, uh, just uh, soaking it in. But if we look up uh, envy. Uh, as a definition, no, I'll try to keep it short. A uh, feeling of or discontent or uh, uh, con conviciousness uh, with regard to um, another's advantages, success, or possessions. That tells me that there is still uh, a part of Elwood that um, does have emotion, that he can see not only the, the uh, being uh, pleasant, but actually uh, understand the feeling of it. So he's connected to uh, the sense of emotion. So even though people, um, as he said, uh, they're impressed when they see Harvey. Yeah. I th yeah. The idea of impress, but the sense of it being uh, an impression. So he's aware of there's some type of reaction from that. Uh, and him, um, and Elwood himself, like, taking the uh, the emotionality from that. So there definitely is a sense of, um, there's so much more depth to Elwood than what we see in the film. Just that, that period of uh, speech alone. I feel really defines the character. We get a deeper connection with the character. It really uh, gives you uh, just a more uh, wholesome appeal to him. I, I think we should just clarify that what he was, um, what Elwood was saying at that part. Uh, basically, when they meet the pe when he listens to people's uh, troubles, uh, their dreams, their troubles, their regrets, and he says that no one brings anything small in, into a bar. Yeah. And after listening to all the good things and bad things that fill people's hearts, he introduces them to Harvey. And, and then he says that Harvey is bigger and grander than anything they offer. And often the people don't come back, but they leave impressed was his word. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he says that they rarely come back, but it's envy. Right. right. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think, it leads to the story of how, how they met. him and Harvey met. And it was at a bar between 18th and 19th where Ed Hickey, who we, don't know who we that never is. meet, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's still everybody's important in Elwood's world. And I think it really brings up a point here that it really, it, it was just a story that's so good. Um, apparently Ed was spiffed, yeah. which mm -hmm. I think is old timey talk for drunk. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, Oh, it means it means it's soused. Oh, well, that's better than, yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
he puts Elwood basically puts a drunk guy in a cab and walks home and apparently hears somebody call his name behind him and turns right. around and yeah. sees a rabbit leaning on a lamppost and I don't know about you, but were you surprised to hear his impression of Harvey? What Harvey sounds like? Because, man, that's a deep voice for a giant rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can replicate it or not, but... Uh, Me? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I, I just saw the movie, so I really don't remember all of it, but... Because you're sp- sp- spiffed? A bit. Spiffy? <laughs> but, well, I think I can. It's just there. It's the, he's okay. Ed was put into a cab, and it's here. So, okay, I like that. He said, well, Mr. Hickey was looking a little spiff today. So, quite that he was. Um, and and uh, he does not, what's remarkable to Elwood isn't that Harvey's a giant rabbit, but that somebody knew his name. And he didn't know who it was. Well, yeah, yeah. he, he you says. You get used to it in a town like this. Yeah, so I guess he wasn't surprised that someone knew his name, but he's, yeah, the yeah. whole rabbit thing doesn't register, I guess. Right. So they, um, they w- go through it, and... Uh, Elwood wanted to suggest um, exchange names, um, and Harvey asks Elwood what his favorite name is, and Elwood says Harvey, and Harvey says, oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> or That's, that's my, my name. name, too. Right. <laughs> here. So then Dr. Sanderson is asking, well, did you know, did you know a John, did you know a uh, Harvey What's your in father's the past? Name? What's your dad's name? Did you have a childhood friend? But none of them the were year. named Harvey. Nope. The year, so His there. assumptions are foiled. Right. So at that point, the cops then take him away after Wilson comes yeah. back. And then we're back into the rest home. And uh, Chumley come, Dr. Chumley comes back, and he's wicked paranoid. Somebody's following him. And anyone who asks him what's wrong, he's all like, oh, nope. nothing. Here. <laughs> he, um, he rambles through. He, he trampled over the azaleas, which... Uh, azaleas? I, I don't know what they were. The, the flowers. The flowers. So <laughs> they would now have a sign saying, don't pick, the, don't pick these. But <laughs> um, Elwood doesn't care when he gets back. So everybody's back in the... the um, well, into the into the home by now. Well, first, Doctor Chumley he gets into his office and the door um, opens by itself and shuts. And presumably, it's Harvey, but I guess we don't know yet. Well, he shuts the door and he's in his office, all paranoid. And he's not looking at the door anymore. And behind his back, we see the door slowly open and shut. So, is he imagining it? Is it really Harvey? Uh, either way, he's paranoid, and he tries to escape out the window. The alarms go off. All the characters come, and they help him into the into his office because he climbed out the window. Right, and you know, there they come back, and they try to figure it out. So, like, uh, back in the interior, we have uh, Doctor Chumley's uh, his clothes. Wilson comes back in through the window, and I think at this point, it's where we try to cue, it's cue to the audience that. Um, we're getting close to the end. Yeah, that here, that's like, well, Dr. Chumley, I can't, you know, I, I didn't find anybody here. And, uh, d- you know, they go out, they try to get Dowd, and he enters, didn't even realize that he was there while he's trying to put a flower in there. And he, yep, <laughs> I seem to have misplaced my buttonhole. <laughs> so apparently a buttonhole's a flower that you put in your buttonhole? Yeah. 
put it here, so he can't find it at that point. Um, uh, Dr. Chumley's pr- um, pretending he's totally dignified and normal now. Yeah. And, uh, when he's still really, <laughs> still kind of trying to process all this. Yeah, and then he, uh, Wilson wants to grab Elwood, but he's like, oh no, I want to speak to him alone in my office. Yeah, let me give you a manicure. Oh, oh right, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he wants to get, oh, he's <laughs> like, let me go ahead and I'll do your fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, he wants to give me a manicure. Does he take things literally, too literally? Maybe. I think so. So he, yeah, he so doesn't want to disappoint Wilson by not getting his manicure, but um, yeah, yeah. So guys, he does go with Dr. Chumley. I know these points are a little bit important, but we want to get to some of the other stuff for the fans, and we're, we need to speed a little bit, but... Uh, basically, at this point, you know, Chumley is brings him in the office, and they have a conversation. Do you want me to sum up? Um, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Chumley wants to know where Elwood found Harvey because he totally believes in Harvey now. Um, Elwood rambles a little bit and says that Harvey can stop clocks by looking at them, and you could go anywhere and stay as long as you like. Uh, Dr. Chumley is very amazed, like, at the idea that there's stuff going on under his nose that people don't see, so there's the theme of perception again. Right. And, uh, apparently Dr. Chumley, if he had Harvey to help him go somewhere else, he would go to Akron with a strange woman who he wouldn't want to know or talk to, I'm, well, to have her talk, and they would drink c- cold beer under a tree, and he would tell her his deep, dark secrets or whatever, um, and she would just hold his hand. And say, poor thing. Yes, for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And Elwood, he wonders if that would be boring. He's, uh, he thinks it would be a mistake not letting her talk because, I don't know, he likes people. He doesn't want to escape, I don't and, and this was the one line, actually, that would be really good, because nowadays, um, Harvey, uh, the last we checked, um, is on Broadway, and it's played by, um, Elwood P. Dowd is played by Jim Parsons of Big Bang Theory. Oh, wow. And this was one that, I heard this line, and I heard, I heard Jim Parsons. Like, well, you're making a mistake not letting the woman talk, and, you know, no beer, no, you know, beer and no whiskey, but hey, it's your two weeks. And here I heard that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. A, a telling thing is that Elwood says that um, he never wanted to use that power because he has a wonderful time whoever or wherever he's with. Yeah. I'm having a fine time with you, Doctor. Well, you're um, right. Dr. Chumley wants Harvey to stop time for him. Yeah. And then they have, then he's, um, Elwood's still looking for Harvey, and Dr. Chumley pretends he doesn't know where Harvey is. And uh, Elwood decides to go check Charlie's. And then. Dr. Chumley, I guess, has some... He, he suddenly, at this point, decides to warn Elwood not to trust any but the others because Vita has a plan to lock him up, and Elwood isn't upset or anything like Chumley thinks he should be. And the line that I really loved was, Hey, Vita, all that in one afternoon? Wow, she is a whirlwind. Yeah. He's in, um, then the, the famous quote from... Uh, Commander Twat Pants sent us the tattoo of was in response to whether he should be upset or not is... Um, May I? Oh, yes. In this world, Elwood, she always called me Elwood. In this world, Elwood, you must be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. 
And doctor, for years, I was smart. And I recommend Pleasant. You may quote me. Mm -hmm. So if that isn't an invitation to a already quotable movie, I don't know what is. Yes, definitely you need to yes. see this movie. You need to see this movie. Yes. Here. That part comes at the end, silly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about but it. Yeah, his mom told him that. So I, his mom must have had a big impact on him, I guess. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so yeah. moving with this. So at the end, just to bring this to a close. And yes, we are running a little longer, but this is a movie you can we cannot rush. Uh, at all, so... Yeah, Vita, Myrtle May, the judge, they show up. Um, they talk to Dr. Sanderson. Dr. Sanderson's opinion is that Elwood is seeing a third-degree hallucination, whatever that is, and he has some kind of serum to... Uh, a shot to give him that will, quote, shock him back to reality. Uh, Vita, of course, wants to get rid of Harvey. Yes. Um, Myrtle May gets distracted and goes off with Wilson to whatever they do. Flirt. Um... Even Nurse Kelly is reluctant for Elwood to get this shot, but... Um, when I rewatched this again, actually, I didn't think that, but then when I saw it again, yeah, she was very much just kind of saying, like, hey, you know, why don't we just... He's kind of harmless. Why not? Dr. Chumley, um, he's off somewhere, presumably Akron, I guess, and uh, he unfires Dr. Sanderson and says that it's his case now. Yeah. Um, Elwood wants to celebrate with a drink, uh, flatters Nurse Kelly. Um, yes, uh, Dr. Sanderson tells Elwood that giving him the serum will mean he won't see his rabbit, but he'll see his responsibilities and duties. Yeah. And that just... Uh, Duty. <laughs> Duty. <laughs> but the... Um, so there they take him into the office for the serum. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, he, he didn't care for it at first. He didn't put up a... Too much of a fight, but he says it must be wonderful since the doctor came up with it, but he wouldn't care for it. But then Vita begs him. Um, and then the line comes in, well, yeah. I always wanted Vera to have everything he, she wants. And he, she begs him. So, be, um, yeah. I think he's, she's been protecting him from the whole, uh, basically, you scare all our friends off thing. But yeah. she finally... Admits, admits it, yeah. to, we have no friends, we have no social life, um, I'm only looking after you, Harvey isn't looking after you, he's making a fool of you. Right. So yeah. he reluctantly does agree to get the serum. Right. And they go into the office and... And then the cabbie enters. Yes. And at this point, this was a really, really important scene, because at this point, the cabbie wants the money, nobody... Uh, the judge doesn't have the wallet because he got woken up very late and surprised he remembered his pants, um, uh, which would have made the scene hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the important thing is that the cabbie won't accept no for an answer. He wants his money now. And right. Vita doesn't understand why yet. Yeah. And, she, you know, so she starts emptying her, her purse so full of everything but coins. <laughs> and then yeah. she has to pull... They're uh, both their... Um, they have no money. They yeah. can't find their money. Yeah. So she has to pull Elwood out of the out of the out of the office right. to go ahead and do that. Well, don't give him change, but he lets him keep the change anyway. He's They're super talking. Nice. He gives Elwood uh, Elwood gives him a card and learns a little bit of his backstory. And you know, where to your point where she's making assumptions right at the at this point. Um, you know, he learns the person, and she uh, she doesn't. She just sees an issue. Right. Here, so 
Um, and, and at the very end, the cabbie explains that 977, the formula, is going to change people. And they hear, like, well, I bring them out here. We stop and watch the sunset even if it's raining. We watch the birds even when there is no birds. Thankfully, <laughs> they only seem to see pleasant things and yeah. not giant worms well, that eat people. <laughs> well, he won't, he won't hurt you. Yeah, yeah, I think he's looking at me. Tell him to stop. Well, he just has that way. Don't worry. He'll be <sighs> all right. Excuses. So after this, uh, here he'll be a perfectly normal human being, and you know what stinkers they are. Yeah. Here, and then they all boom. Well, that's he, the realization. He describes that the they have no faith in his buggy, and they leave no tip. Yep. They're all cranky and complaining yep. on the way back, and apparently that's his idea of normal. Yeah. But then generally normal comes here, so Vita doesn't want him to get the injection. And here she explains to the judge, says, no. She pounds on the door and stops it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, here, you don't have to, you don't have to come to our house. You don't have to, we live with him. It's our house. And there's the change. Well, she specifically mentions Harvey. Um, the, The judge is like, asks, well, what about Harvey? And yeah, she's like... Apparently, she's okay with Harvey now. Yeah. She's like, who cares? Um, you don't have to come over if you don't like it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. she realizes she hates normal people. and uh, cranky yeah, people. Yeah. I, and I think um, the change is that she doesn't really care what other people think so much. She just wants Elwood sh- to be the way he is. And right. damn everybody else. True. And, you know, they get out there and she says, oh, they do that. And... Um, Oh, Myrtle May and Wilson, oh, they're horrible. Well, no, aren't they a beautiful couple? And, you know, oh, Dr. Sanderson and Nurse Kelly, they make a beautiful couple, too. He invites Wilson to a dinner party. Everything's the next night. And this whole movie is one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the year, so in one 24-hour, not even 24-hour period, maybe about 12 hours or so. Um, they start leaving, and Harvey's outside on the porch, and when you see the porch start to swing... Yeah, the porch swing. It's, it's a swinging. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there you are! <laughs> and Dr. Chumley comes out, and... Uh, oh, can you, please, can you please stay with me? Yeah, he wants Harvey to, for himself, and uh, Elwood leaves it up to Harvey, and the camera follows Harvey's path, as he presumably walks with the bass strings, go boop, 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 boop. Have you heard of Akron? Yes, yes. Akron. <laughs> Which is funny, because that blonde lady he talked to in the bar when he was maybe drunk was from Chicago. So is Akron, Ohio, Chicago? I'm pretty sure it's, it's Ohio. I did yeah. look up Akron online. Yeah, there's see, only, uh, one, there's only Akron one Akron. Akron. Ohio. Maybe yeah. something happened in Ohio yeah. with some lady. I don't know. Maybe they'll go to Rutherford and see the Solomons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the characters are leaving the gate, yeah. and um, Elwood seems surprised that Harvey comes back to him. And uh, but Harvey opens the gate. At least it's presumed at that. We point. see the <laughs> the handle move by itself. Yeah, here so, and there's the line where it all comes together. And they say here, well, you know, we do that. I prefer you too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they walk off and. It's beautiful. It's a very, very nice. They walk ending. off into the sunrise, yeah. the yeah. dawn, it really like is modern a, times. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a, a genuine uh, Disney 
uh, quality ending where everything is I would agree. just great. No, it yeah. genuinely is. Yeah. I would agree. So And I like the end credits. They credit Harvey as himself and they show a door moving. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. So we got that now um coming to the point here guys, I just wrapping it up for a few minutes cuz we're right about where we should be, but we have some questions to discuss relatively quickly, but I wanted to bring one point here. I want to see this dinner. If there was a yeah. sequel, I want to see this because you have this. You have the doorman. You have the mailman. You have uh, the people from the home. You have a couple people from the bar, an ex-con, everybody else, and a rabbit. A biker, an Indian chief, a I sailor. W- yeah. <laughs> I want to see this dinner. This dinner would be so cool. Mm-hmm here just to do that and just be sitting in the mix of all this all these beautiful people i want to see it this is this are you is amazing. tearing up your voice sounds a, like a it. little bit yeah <laughs> it's here. It's hey mr re- smith fix it <laughs> wipe his tears oh so sweet nice nice hanky it's got hearts do you feel you know him now no, i dude. i know that he has handkerchief preferences i think i know him well oh. well i think i must be getting on my way Back through. So. Wait, wait. I have to fire up the machine. Well, hey. Hey, where'd it go? I. Well. Oh, my God. While we're here. Hold oh, there you are. I oh, thought you no, were. I'm maybe, still here. I'm still here. I, I thought maybe the movie, like, made my brain. While we're here, I want to be able to propose something to the three of you. The oh? five of us will have a wonderful time. Right. On this mm-hmm. day of my 100th birthday, we'll meet over at the Liberty Club and we'll have a drink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here. I'll have whatever you're having that makes you uh, see this stuff. Well, you should have a wonderful time and me and Smith will go ahead and we'll be waiting for you. Just put down something so he doesn't get worm slime all over the booth, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, I know that's kind of a worm problem. That's a problem. good idea, sir. I think Actually, you do that. I think worms excrete through their skin. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, farewell, my friends, and we'll see you Bye. soon. Bye! Wait, how do you do that without the control? <gasps> Let's pretend that didn't happen. So, okay. um, I got some questions for yeah. you. What do you think the movie is saying? I think it's saying really, as we all cover, just to be able ah. to take the moment, to take it where things are in the moment, not make assumptions for what people are trying to do, not live life based on what people think of you, but what you think of them. Or you know, as if you're not wrong about them. <laughs> True. They hear. So we have that. Uh, go ahead. Well, you know, I um, having seen the film a couple times, um, what I take away is that uh, a positive attitude or a pleasant attitude, as uh, uh, Dowd uh, said throughout the entire film, it really uh, it benefits yourself, but it benefits others because not only are you happy with yourself, you're also giving off uh, a positive uh, energy, which radiates. And the thing that fascinated me watching this film um, from beginning to end is that um, from the introduction of the characters uh, we see in the film uh, to the finale of the film, there is a genuine progression, uh, a positive attitude, a better attitude, love connections that come together. So Dowd's attitude on his own, I think, just carries uh, 
a sense of beauty in that it, it radiates with others and it allows for them to have uh, more developed relationships with one another, better attitudes, which I think leads into the, the genuinely goodness of the ending, which yeah. is Disney quality. And it really is a very positive film. So if anything, it's uh, a positive attitude will get you uh, through life. Yeah. I, I think that um, it says something about the importance of having dreams and an open mind. And also, thank God he was rich or something or else he would might be screwed trying to keep a job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you, who's uh, I was late. It was Harvey. <laughs> right. Uh, well, if Harvey can pay for your drinks. Um, is Harvey a credit card? <gasps> do you think Harvey was real? Yes, I do. I do agree. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that uh, the first time I saw it, I would say yes. The second time. Or I think it doesn't. I think it's just supposed to be ambiguous because even when you see doors move by themselves, I, you could say maybe it's a hallucination. So I'm gonna. I'm inclined to say he's, maybe he's real, maybe he's not. But I don't think it's supposed to matter. Yeah, and um, I think ultimately he's real to uh, those characters who believe in him. True. Uh, be it Dow, Chumley, uh, Vita. Those those characters generally had a fondness towards Harvey. Uh, do in fact to doubt, but with the other characters, uh, be it Sanderson or uh, Nurse Kelly, I don't think they, while they were introduced to the character in a way, there wasn't um, enough uh, interaction to get them to that point of seeing Harvey. But I think eventually they would. I, th- I agree. They with would you. see I, it. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. So last on the question here. I think the moral of the story is believe makes things real, so believe real hard in Santa Claus and you'll get lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Does it still hold up? Yes. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. 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 And let me say it something really. I mean, here, this is a movie we could not rush. Yes, we are longer than we should be, but we cannot rush this. Everybody needs to see this movie. This is vital. This is vital here. Go out, rent it, buy it, do whatever. And buy it. Uh, yeah, you just, buy it, just get you're it. You're gonna watch it again and again and again. I I do have a couple of uh, questions that maybe we could no. Mm. Uh, well, I guess we could post those. I think they're, yeah. they're fun questions. I think we're gonna post these and we'll get these to the next um, to the to the um, to the next time we're here. So next week we'll go over those. But please, our friends on Facebook and on Twitter. Please go ahead and respond with these. So we'll be on the lookout for that very soon. But yeah, tell us what you think. Yeah, we do have one poll that came up on our Facebook page. If it was remade today, this movie, who would you want to play the lead? And the poll winnings, uh, the winner uh, overall was Steve Carell. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. Be good. yeah. Yeah. That would be really good. Second choice was Jim Carrey. Hmm. And then there was a four-way tie between Michael Keaton, Johnny Depp, Matthew McConaughey, and Jim Parsons. I have one more to add, though. A fantasy one, but one person who could really do this role if he was still alive, Robin Williams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, much agreed. Yeah, because yeah, if you look at some of it where he played that straight-laced role, he got it, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the movie where he's like the teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, um, 
Crap. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That <laughs> Captain, my captain, that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, my brain is totally dead right now. So we're sorry for our listeners with that one. But it's um, for those people, please go ahead and yell at us if we need to, because we should know it. Um, but I think Steve Carell would definitely make a great one of this. And yeah. Yeah, he would do very well. Is it a movie that could be remade, though, guys? It has been remade, actually, a couple times. A few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I Jimmy was, uh, Stewart did one himself. And then there was a 1996, I think. There was a 96 one, That's yeah. That's correct, yeah. What I would the like year. to see is that maybe Elwood is in this one is a rabbit who sees the ghost of an old actor. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see that dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see that dinner, really. Um, so we're right about that point. I think we want to wrap up. Well, I did. I just wanted to point out real quick because I don't want to disappoint the uh, the fans of this show. Uh, the film uh, referenced earlier from Robin Williams was Dead oh. Poet Society. Yeah. Yes, and the character you. was John Keating. Yes, just want John Keating. We got yeah, it. Yeah, an amazing, amazing, amazing film. And at some point, we'll cover that too. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up here, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, and especially for the extended thing. This movie is just great. So as always, we generally, we really appreciate you. And we would just like to say that the Movie Theater Time Machine is produced in (laughs) Fall River, Massachusetts, in 59 Media Studios. You can find us on Facebook um, by looking up Movie Theater Time Machine, that is uh, theater with um, an E-R. And you can find us on Twitter at MT Time Machine. MT is in the letters, as always. So be good. Take care of yourselves. But don't be too good. See you later, folks.